hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Okay, so do you want to know what she's doing? Mm-mm. Oh, well, I'm going to tell you. So she won't tell... Do you know what's happening? Are you aware of what's going on this weekend? What? Okay, I guess not. She's planning something. She won't tell me what it is, but she... Jess texted me. She's like, I'm about to go to bed. And then she gave me a list of things I need to pack. And then she said, I'll wake you up when I'm ready to roll you into the car. And then today she asked me like my favorite car snacks. Oh my. And then she was like, I got an Airbnb. And I was like, what? Where the fuck are we going? And she was like, well, we're driving a very far, far distance. Are you kidding me? She's like, like making a whole weekend trip. She's like kidnapping you. I'm more scared because last night, I don't remember how, but we were having some random conversation. Caves came up. And then I was like, oh, I'd rather be caught Zed than be in a cave. And then all of a sudden she like got a deer in the headlights look. And I was like, are we going into a fucking cave this weekend? And she wouldn't say anything. No, please don't go into a cave. So either I'm going in a cave and I also simultaneously ruin the surprise. Or two, she's being very sneaky and hopefully I don't end up in a cave. Why? Where are you? Don't go into a cave. I don't know what's going on, guys. But by the time you see me on Facebook Live, I'll have had a whole adventure. If you're there at all. If, oh hey 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 hey. what it's our 50th episode (gasps) i got you a present for our 50th stop doing that okay but wait 
It's important. You're going to love it. Wait, what? You're going to lose your fucking mind. Stop. You say this every time and then I seem like a bad friend. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so I'm giving you something that's very important to me. I'm already sweating so much. <laughs> it's actually really, really important to me. And it's very special to me. Wait, I don't want to touch it. What if I drop it? What is it? No, you can drop it. It's okay. Oh, my God. But, okay, I've had this in my life since I was 13. What? Or 14. 13 or 14. So I've had this for over 10 years. Is it something with SpongeBob? No. Okay. <laughs> is it a tie-dye t-shirt? <laughs> yes. No, it's not. It is a tie-dye t-shirt. What? But. Wait, I just made that up. I know you did. But, okay, but that's not the good part about it. Oh, okay. I need you to close your eyes. Okay, I'm scared though. Just close your eyes. Okay. You're going to love it. What do I do? Okay, hang on. I'm going to set it up for you so it looks all perfect. Don't hurt me. I'm not hurting you. I'm just setting it up. Okay. Before I before you open your eyes, I want you to know the fun part about this is this was my clown school <laughs> uniform. No. Open your eyes. <laughs> Wait, are you ready for the best part? Are you ready? Oh my god, I'm going to lose my mind. No! Um. The nose squeaks. Um. So it's a treat for you, me, and Gio. Oh, oh my god. Wait, I'm not kidding. It? It's for you. Can it's I for it's it? for the show. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do I buy one of those frames for jerseys where you can put it in a frame? <laughs> you guys, it's a tie-dye t-shirt of a smiley face with a red clown nose and the nose squeaks. Sassy the clown patio furniture. <laughs> Oh, Gio hears oh, the nose. Oh, no. I oh, bet you are no. all excited. Baby G, are you so excited? Oh, man. It was a clown shirt. Oh, man. Where'd it go? Anyway. Okay, I actually... That is better than anything I anticipated. Oh, I know. I was home for Christmas, and I found it, and I was like, either it's going to collect dust in a drawer, or someone's really going to love this. I'm just so pleased that it still exists. I think it should go on our mantle. Oh, it should go in a big, big frame on, <laughs> on the wall. But anyway, it's half for you, half still for me, for nostalgia's sake. Oh, but I sure. thought no one would enjoy it as much as you. So it should stay here. I think no one would enjoy it as much as I'm enjoying it than our listeners. Right. Enjoying it via. Let me just post a picture of this. Can you put it on? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pull over your car and go on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I, I'm sweating. Why do you always do that to me? But I, I wanted to give you something for our 50th, so... Man, listen, the only thing I have to give you for our 50th is the reason that I drink this week. Look, I already know. Here's what happened. All my worst fears have been realized. I no longer fear death. <laughs> Somebody put a needle, my biggest phobia... Into my spine, my second biggest phobia. Repeatedly. Somebody repeatedly. Repeatedly? Many, many times. Like over and over? Mm-hmm. Listen, I can't even tell you how fucking awful it is to get a lumbar puncture. It's fucking awful. And they thought I had meningitis. And I don't even have fucking meningitis. Um, what's the pain we all want to know my biggest fear in the world is spines and needles and that's why i was like i'm never gonna have a baby because i don't want to get an, an epidural. epidural and it was my biggest fear and they're like well now an epidural is gonna be a piece of cake because it's only one shot instead of like 45 and was it really 45 it was just many 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 it was like 15 minutes okay we want to know how bad it hurts 
Is it everything we think it is and worse? It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. It's like an actual. And they can't drug nightmare. you? No, they put like um. It do- that doesn't help. No, it, I already know what you're gonna say. They put lidocaine in it, and it's like okay, like it's sort of numb, but it, it's in your fucking. Spot. It's horrible. It's every fear of mine. How did you stay still? I just cried, and then the nurse, the not the nurse, the lab tech was like holding my hand, holding both of my hands, and I was just like sobbing. I wouldn't have even be. I'd just be like loudly screaming. And she was crying, and I was crying. It was like such a mess. She was like, "This is really yours. Is one of the most difficult ones we've done. Like sometimes they're really easy. I don't know. They have to like find your spine. No, they have to find like the fluid (laughs) to pull it out. Oh my god! And then, and then, and then the doctor goes oh, show the patient. And she like walks over and holds up a vial of my spinal fluid (gasps) in front of me. And I'm just like crying. What color is it? It was clear. He's like, show her how clear her spinal fluid is. She's so healthy. It was like, God damn it. (laughs) Then don't get into my spine. Leave it alone. So anyway, I saw a vial of my own spinal fluid and now I'm going (laughs) to die. (laughs) Now I'm pretty sure someone could like kill me right now and i'd be like great glad to be gone i think i texted christine i was like how did you actually sign off on that because i would have looked the doctor dead in the face and been like i would literally rather die please i i would rather i would rather have meningitis and pass away it was one of those things where they were like no no like you don't feel anything and then as <gasps> i was lying there i was like wait what is actually happening and i was like feverish and like so sick and like whatever and they were like, well, it actually does kind of hurt. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like fucking strapped to a CAT scan table. And I was like. I'm such, also, I'm such a little bitch about pain. I'm already crying just thinking about it. If I get a paper cut, everyone knows about it for 45 minutes. I would not be able to fucking handle myself. That would be the actually the second I got drunk for the first time ever. I would get fucking hammered. And then the worst thing is that. My back just hurts so much from it today, so, like, I could hardly move my, my back because it hurts so much. And Blaze was like, I didn't tell you what they were going to do. And he was crying yesterday. I was like, why are you crying? And he's like, nothing, I'm just worried about you. And then later he's like, I just knew what they were going to do, and I didn't want to bring it up because I knew how much you would freak out. And then he was like, okay, I have to go to work now. <laughs> anyway. Meanwhile, Blaze got me a waffle maker that looks like a Captain America shield, so he's good in my book. <laughs> guys i'm in so much pain anyway i don't have meningitis so shout out to all you people who've done a lumbar puncture before because i tell you what it is my nightmare we're gonna get so many emails now about lumbar punctures listen i can't stop talking about it because i hate it so much that i'm like everyone needs to suffer with me oh no i would too yeah yeah you know what it was awful i was lying there thinking we're in 20 i felt like i was like a subject of some crazy futuristic torture chamber yeah oh my god Anyway, I've worked myself up a lot now, so I need you to talk now. Well, I also could not handle it for Christine, and so I was doing that thing where when you're really uncomfortable, all you try to do is be funny, and every joke was backfiring, because she was like, like, I got a spinal tap, and I wrote, wait, back up, and then I was like, get it? Oh, I didn't get it. Um, I was very much not in in a headspace to get it. Sorry. Get it? A headspace? Nope, that didn't work. (laughs) And then I sent you a picture today of a skeleton holding another skeleton's back. And I was like, I got your back. That was funny because I was not under the influence of. It was a really bad time. Also, after you do it, they're like, you need to lie on your back for six hours. But I I was was Googling spinal taps after you after you told me that yesterday. I was like, what the fuck is she going through right now? And it said you were going through hell. So sorry about that. Thank you. 
And then I was like, you need to lie down for six hours. And the reason I went in was because I was in so much pain in my back and my neck and my head. So they're like, you can't move for six hours. And I had to pee really bad. And my phone died. So I'm just oh. lying in a dark oh, closet. No. And they put me in a fucking closet where all I could see on the ceiling were like dead bugs and the light fixtures. So I'm just lying there for like hours and hours. Just like. Did they tell you to go pee first? They didn't even warn you? No. And I was like, maybe I should go pee before I go down there. And then I was like, oh, they said it would be fast. <laughs> right yeah okay was it actually was the actual needle no it was like 15 to 20 minutes of just like pure fucking torture oh my god it was oh my ho- god it was horrible oh my god anyway sorry i'm gonna stop talking about myself but it was just awful so also i got a new car this week and that was gonna be the reason i drank but then who cares about that because now there's a fucking did you drive home in your new car with a spinal tap <laughs> no my poor brother picked me up and was like can we stop at wendy's and i was like i don't care <laughs> Like your brother wasn't even like, let me treat you to Wendy's. <laughs> no. Just like, I know you just went through hell, but I really need some fries. Well, he tried. He's like, do you want a chicken nugget? And I was like, no. <laughs> so, so that was not happening. Gross. Anyway, how are you? Um, compared to that, I never get to complain again. So fine. <laughs> yes, I'm great. Anyway, I just anyway. want to add that now that I've just made this a horrible episode, that this episode is sponsored by... <laughs> Spinal Taps. <laughs> sponsored by... By Chiropractics. By Chiropractors and our $25 donor, Desiree. Thank you, Desiree. Thank you. I'm so sorry that this had to be the episode that we donated to you. <laughs> At least it's memorable, Desiree. Desiree, you'll never... Unless she probably didn't get this far. She probably listened to like the spines and was like, fuck this. Whoops. And deleted her donation. She probably was like, I'm over it. But since October, she's been a loyal donor. So thank you, Desiree. That's so nice. Episode 50 is donated to you. Tax free. Also, a reason why we drink today is because the Jim Harold. Hey. Personally on his own, wrote out to us on Twitter. He was very kind and exciting. Here's the thing. It's a very interesting crossover because my two favorite podcasts before we ever had one that Christine got me into both of them. And were the influences for our own show were My Favorite Murder and Jim Harold's Ghost Stories. Campfire. Campfire. It's M's favorite podcast, by the way. <laughs> just kidding. Fuck you guys. Say it again. <laughs> Not you Sorry. guys. Just Christine. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck everyone. No. Okay. Sorry. But our two favorite or My Favorite Murder and Jim Harold's The Campfire. Jim Harold's Campfire. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I never Jim look Harold's at the name. The campfire? My Favorite Murder. And Jim Harold's Campfire. Right. And I was just thinking earlier today, like when we first started, My Favorite Murder had just had their 50th episode. (gasps) And I remember sitting in a car coming back from your place when we were thinking about doing a podcast. And I was listening to the My Favorite Murder episode where they're like, I can't believe it's been 50 episodes. That's crazy. And that happened today when we're having our 50th episode and Jim Harold, the other inspiration for the show, oh my God. personally wrote to us on Twitter. Oh my God. So I was like, oh, the, they're combining. Also, they just celebrated, the, my favorite murder just celebrated their 100th episode. So it's like, we're like catching up. Yeah. We're like, well, we'll probably never get there, nope. but we're always half a year behind. Anyway. All right. Tell me some good news. Cause my back's just hurting thinking about all this shit. Okay. Um, this I is, this, I just want you to put this. Do you want me to wear the shirt? Tie-dye while we, shirt. Do you want me to wear, right, let me, <laughs> put, ele, elevator music. Put it on. <laughs> Sassy's in the house. <laughs> Wait, hang on, get a video. Okay. 
Well, now, thank you for making my day. Do you know what my clown school's name was? The school's name? Oh my god, please tell me. Loves and Laughs. It fits the shirt so perfectly. L-U-V-S, N apostrophe, L-A-F-F-S. Oh, the L-A-F-F-S is bad. Gets you going. <laughs> Real bad. Gets you going. <laughs> oh my god. Very um, 2006. You know we need... This is enough for now. I think this is it's all enough. that I can give you. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I'm going to appreciate the it The nose is. is very bulbous. Nose is very bulbous. <laughs> Did you wear that at Loves and Laughs? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This is gold. You don't have to wear it the whole time. It's too late. Okay, perfect. Here we I go. I really want you to wear it the whole time. <sighs> know that when I die and haunt you, I'll wear this shirt for you. Oh my god. You'll know I'm about to enter the room with a squeak. There's just like a bright tie-dye and a squeak. Yep. Fabulous. (sighs) Anyway, that's on Instagram for everyone to... You know, one day if we get really, really famous, that's going to be the one thing. You Google my name, this is going to be the first fucking picture that pops up. Who brought that upon themselves, huh? I was just trying to give you a good time. (laughs) You were giving me a great time. And isn't it worth it, Em? That I'm enjoying myself? Oh, Yeah. (laughs) So, you know what? You brought me Allison and Gio, so I guess I have to do something nice for you I give you so much. I really, my whole life has changed because of you. (laughs) So, here we are. Obviously, mine has two. Right, yeah. Buy that shirt. Hashtag loves and laughs. Hashtag loves and laughs. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Anyway, here's your haunted story. It's intercontinental. Oh my. It comes from Ireland. Ooh. I'm not even going to try to do an Irish accent because we all know it'd be bad. Everyone's going to get mad. Um, It's supposedly the most haunted house in Ireland. Supposedly. I feel like Ireland's probably pretty fucking haunted, too. I sure imagine so. Mm -hmm. I forget how young America is as a country. 
you know, very young, but like compared to all these other places. Cause I was looking at the history and I was like in 1100 and I, I was know. like, <laughs> what people didn't exist. In I forget 1100? that people had like did shit around the world before the 1770s <laughs> before America, existed. before America. I'm like, what, what do you mean? How is that possible? It's like in year two, Jesus was an infant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is called Loftus Hall. Loves and Loftus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I cannot. The, the shirt like radiates clown school. Okay. You know what? I got an A, all right? I'm I sorry. graduated with otters. Oh my God. Did anyone get like a C or a D? Um, some people didn't graduate. That's really funny. I hope like they had to keep taking classes. I hope they got a report card that was like C minus. Like when you open it, water squirts at you or something. <laughs> yeah. Frown face. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Laftus. Loftus. Loftus. And it's on the Hook Peninsula in County Wexford. Oh my. It starts in 1170. A man named Redmond Fitzgerald, nicknamed La Grosse. What? Which in French, by the way, means the fat. Oh, how sad. Um, what a mean nickname. Hopefully he gave it to himself. Like, maybe he was just team milkshake before milkshakes, you know what I mean? Yes, but I feel like calling yourself the fat is just kind of sad. I mean, we're self-deprecating, though. That's we're really fair. not ones to talk. The alcoholic and the fat. And the clown. Oh. Wow. <laughs> you said team milkshake. <laughs> All right. Makes sense why I can't fit in this shirt anymore <laughs> that I used to wear when I was 13. Fine, you can be team clown. Uh, okay, so La Grosse, he acquired the land in the area and... That was back in 1170. He had an original hall. Um, it was like known as like the hall, which mm-hmm. is super douchey. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he, it fell into disrepair. So in 1350, so almost 200 years later, his descendants still lived on that land and rebuilt it and renamed it Redmond Hall after him, mm. which is when it got its nickname, the hall. Okay. In 1641, so we're really time traveling. Oh my god. I'm just trying to get to the good stuff. In 1641, the Irish Confederate Wars broke out. Obviously, you know how good we are with our history. I mean... So we're going to just fly past this. You don't want me to talk about all the details? (laughs) I mean, I'm actively (laughs) trying not to, because can you imagine the Irish who are going to be pissed at us? We have so many factual statements to make. Michael Malloy is going to (laughs) be pissed. Um, So the... Irish Confederate Wars broke out in 1641, mm-hmm. and if that's not true, sorry. Don't blame yourself. Blame I'll, the internet. I'm blaming Google. Okay. By 1642, the fighting had made its way to the land that the house was sitting on, so a lot of people were killed there. Um, most people weren't, but like a third of the people that were fighting on that land ended up dying there, so there's your first series of deaths. Oh, no. Except for like the 300, 400, <laughs> 500 years of family members dying on that property, Right, too. sure. So then the, although he was the descendant of Redmond, the guy who, the family line who lived there in the 1650s, he ended up dying in 1651 and the home finally ended up getting put up for auction. So it was in the family for like 500 years. Oh my God. No big deal. And it's only 1600 now. (laughs) Same. (laughs) NBD. It's fine. So in 1666, Henry Loftus. Uh, ended up acquiring the lands and renaming it from Redmond Hall to Loftus Hall. Uh-oh, that's probably where the trouble starts. Bad juju. Mm-mm. So that's where this whole story is going to take off. 
but I just also want to give you some more history about the future. Like our past, but that future. That's trippy. Wow. History about the future. History about the future. By M. Schultz. (laughs) Oh, God. A thesis. (laughs) A A memoir. A dissertation and thesis memoir by M. Schultz. Um, okay, so in 1666, he bought the house. However, other people died in these years. In 1937, um, the Sisters of Providence converted it into a convent and a religious school for young girls. Apparently, a couple girls passed away there um, from uh, tuberculosis. Oh, no. Also, in uh, 1893, it was purchased later by another guy who turned it into a hotel and named it the Loftus Hall Hotel, but the owner, his name was Michael, and one night he ended up dying in the hotel, and his wife tried for the next several years to run the hotel by herself, but one night she just took off without explanation and totally abandoned it, left everything in there. Oh, shit. Just took off, and she won't say why. Oh, no. The property was left vacant, and for a couple decades, people broke in conducting satanic rituals, so I'm sure that didn't help. (laughs) Oh, good. Um... And I just wanted to, like, throw those in there. So, like, when I tell you about what's going on currently in this haunted house, you can see what other things have happened. Right. The the the, the, the past's future, but the past our the, past. Yes. Right. Sure that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's time travel back to 1666 when Henry Loftus gets this land. I'm ready. So stays in his family 100 years later in 1766. Mm-hmm. The Loftus family is still living there, and they go out of town for a few months, and so they ask their friend Charles and his wife and daughter Anne to house it. Isn't that nice when, like, you could just leave a house for several months and be like, oh, move into my home? Because <laughs> then what does that guy got to do about his house for several months? Has it just become a chain of house sitters? You know what? You got to wonder. You got to wonder. You're right. Someone's got to answer. Oh, my God. Anyway, now I'm just like really stuck thinking about that. Maybe back then because they like didn't have birth control and they just had a bunch of ki- children. That's true. You maybe could... you could just get your kids to a house at your own house. I mean, there's no labor laws. Your kids can run the house. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Also, they were getting married at like 12. That's right. Anyway, they're, they're out for several months. They get their friend Charles to watch the house with his wife and their daughter, Anne. Technically not her daughter. It was like daughter from her first marriage and then a new wife. So anyway, while they're staying in this other person's house... A huge, heavy storm happens. A stranger who apparently is shipwrecked. Shipwrecked. What? It's 1766 in Ireland, apparently. Oh, my God. He arrives at Loftus Hall seeking, like, to get away from the storm. The shipwreck? Oh, yep. Yep. Well, he's like, I need a place to stay right. until the storm leaves. So they take him in, even though it's not their fucking house. <laughs> and this is a stranger in a storm. I feel like this is when I ask you and Allison to watch my house. And you're like, well, some people came over. <laughs> oh, no. I would... I would be the first to be like, no one is coming into this house. Allison would be like, they were shipwrecked. Come on. Allison would probably be that person who's like, oh, well, in Tanzania, we're just friends with everyone. And I'm like, okay, well, we're in America. People are going to kill us. Downtown Los Angeles. Nobody's shipwrecked here. That woman can make friends anywhere in the world. And I feel like she would definitely take advantage of that here. Oh, an open house? Come on in. God bless her. But no. No shipwrecks near my house. So... Anyway, the stranger comes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He does not kill anyone. Oh, thank God. I thought he was going to be the murderer. I mean, we all thought that was absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, he charms his way into the heart of Miss Anne, the daughter. Oh, no. How old was she? Probably too young. Okay. They end up, quote, beginning relations under the roof. 
of Loftus Hall. Oh, no. What did I say? Living in sin. Well, very much so, and you will see why in a second. I want you to remember that sentence. Uh Uh-oh. So, anyway. I don't know how long this fucking storm lasted, but a couple weeks later, uh, this stranger is still there, like, going to town with the daughter under the roof of this guy's friend. And, uh... So he's still hanging out. They've all gotten to know each other pretty well, I guess. And they're all playing cards together one night. And Anne is looking at her cards and sees that she doesn't have one. She doesn't have enough. Like, she's missing a card. So she thinks she probably dropped it on the ground. And she sees her card on the floor. So she bends down to grab it. And she, you know, get under the table. You see people's feet. And she went to grab the card and saw the guy, his feet were hooves, were cloven hooves. Let's rewind for a moment. So truly living in sin because apparently he's the devil. Uh, Nothing more antichristy than sleeping with the devil. Oh my God. What? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like his shoes were really dirty. Like he had a knife in his shoe. Listen, so this is why... When I said this is the most haunted house in Ireland, I was very iffy because a lot of these ghost stories come from long legends starting in the 1700s. <laughs> Where they were like, like, these stories are as old as America. So. Where she dropped a playing card and there was hooves. Cloven hooves. Okay. I'm also, sorry. Also, you've been sleeping with this guy. Why did you not see the feet before? I'm sorry. That's a really good point. Where his hairy ankles? Maybe he's like one of those guys who likes to do it with his socks on. I mean... Fair. Maybe that's what Lucifer likes. Everyone's into something. That's fine. Oh my Even god. Even the devil's into his things. So anyway, she sees the feet. Oh my god, okay. She screams in fear, as you do. And upon announcing he's the devil, and he has now been discovered in front of these three people as the devil. Right. My thought is if you're the devil and this happens. You just, like, blink and they just, like, turn to ash and your problem's done. Or you're like, whoops, I forgot to hide my feet. Or, like, you can, like, mind trick them. Yeah. Like, go back in time five seconds also, and put some fucking boots on. Hold up. I was going to say, was he not wearing shoes all the time? And they were just, like, he's clomping around. Maybe, halls? like, his, like, real self was showing for a second and oh, she caught a glimpse instead of shape-shifting. Was, he was playing poker and he was, like, his poker face was yeah. too intense so his feet got... Yep, I see. Yes. Just trying real hard to make sense of this. So, anyway, that's what I would do if I were the devil. Several other options besides what he does. Because apparently... Oh, my God. What does he do? He was... He got called out for being the devil. And so, he literally shot through the roof of the house and <laughs> oh, flew sh- away. Shit. <laughs> and flew away. He's just like... <laughs> okay. And so... He escaped. He literally smashed through the roof with his body. So that's some superhuman <laughs> strength to just be like, and just like break through the roof of a house. By the way, can you imagine, can you imagine being the Loftus family coming home, being like, what happened to the roof? <laughs> and their friends have to be like, look, so Anne was sleeping with Satan and he kind of just <laughs> flew through the house. <laughs> we were playing go fish and he, it got a little out of hand. <laughs> Kind of. But really, that is like a very like good metaphor for how some families handle monopoly, right? I mean, like someone's bound to break the house. It's sensible enough. And all of a sudden, your little like your little devil starts coming out. Get a little evil. Just like his cloven hooves were showing. Apparently, the two thousands are just like the seventeen hundreds in Ireland. Anyway, let's just pretend that that was a really good story. Or you know what? 
Obviously, the Loftus family believed it because it's lasted this long. I mean, something must have happened. Maybe they were just really good friends. and they're Maybe they were like you and me. Maybe they had like a paranormal podcast. And they're oh. like, look, if you're going to say something about the devil, I'm not here to question it. Yeah, like, we're not going to make fun of him or else he's going to come flying back through that just hole. Be like, oh, the devil came here. Okay, fine. Fine, you know fine, what? fine. He, I believe you. And I do think that the Loftuses probably believed it because at the time, the loftus family member who owned this house his name was henry loftus interestingly enough an identical story had been told in another area of ireland what um where there was a card game in a lounge a lounge a lodge jesus they're so similar i was gonna say i wasn't gonna question you thank you you're welcome what if i told you the devil broke through the roof i would say well let's patch it up and you're like i do not think so hope he doesn't come back so uh when in doubt stage it out <laughs> yeah, that's right hashtag theron hashtag theron theron said that um i'm always afraid he's gonna see me because <laughs> <laughs> i'm always like i didn't make that up <laughs> it's like uh trademark ter- theron <clears throat> so there's a story of another card game happening where someone saw cloven feet and um it apparently was also satan <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even mean to laugh. Also, like, the like, place that it happened, the lodge that it happened at, was called the Hellfire Club. I mean, come on. And the person who owned the lodge was Henry Loftus. Wait, what? So there's thought that he was into some sort of evil-minded magic or rituals because how interesting that he owned two different properties at different times. And when he owned each property someone with cloven hooves came in and played cards did he happen to be gone both times did he happen to sleep with your daughter oh my did he happen to wear socks while he slept with your daughter Ooh, better question to ask your daughter real question don't ask your daughter that please unless you really feel like feeling uncomfortable i mean you can ask your daughter whatever you want it's not my daughter (laughs) she's not gonna answer you though i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) she might break a hole in the roof (laughs) Another metaphor for PMS, I think. (laughs) She might be on the rag. Um, Okay, let's try this again. Because here's the fun part of him just, like, throwing himself into the roof. Before he did that, he also turned into a ball of fire. Oh, so you didn't clarify. (laughs) No. So he was basically, like, the opposite of a meteor shower. He was just, like, (laughs) a meteor in reverse. A meteor bubble bath. Mm -hmm. That's not funny. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Wait, so he turned... Okay, so the cloven hubs were... So he could have turned himself into whatever, but he still... That's my thought. Like, why yeah. Like why were you feeling so cocky that you could just, like, leave your hooves out, you right. know? So you were right. Like, there could have been a million other ways to deal with it than blast through the roof, like, fucking... You could have turned them into balls of fire. They would have never said anything, and we wouldn't be reporting on this story. You know what? Butterfly effect. That's what the, that's what the butterfly effect so is. So ripple in our space-time continuum is what it is. Man, you're so good at history. <laughs> that's science you're so good at that too <laughs> so good at <laughs> scholastic and scholastic ventures oh i'm gonna blame everything you say on your spinal tap okay the hole that he caused in the roof the one you've heard about it <laughs> listen you're familiar the story's been told near and far a poor uh, <laughs> apparently um when he left the hole actually actually never fully got repaired so there's still, like, a weird shape in the ceiling, apparently. Oh. And let's all remember that, like, skeptic or just a realist in general, like, 
the roof could just fallen apart after hundreds of years and that's why it looks a little funky but we're gonna go with the fact that lucifer turned into a ball of fire after <laughs> fucking someone's daughter and then flew away because he was mad at because that's fish. the most logical in my mind if i ever house it and i break something i'm gonna be like listen when i broke into your house to steal fake geo <laughs> and your fabletic leggings yeah i should have straight up just been like look the devil was here i didn't ask for it he just did it there were cloven hooves involved Yep. And I probably would have been like, oh, shit, you've got to <laughs> talk about this on the podcast. Here's the best part. Tell me. Anne, his lover, mm. she became so obsessed with him. Oh, no. The devil. Oh, no. She was so lovestruck and depressed that he'd left her, like, Took it as a relationship breakup. That's the worst breakup on earth. Like, we're done. Like, I'm going to destroy this. (laughs) It's not even your roof. It's someone else's roof. So anyway, she was just like. She thought I was screaming about his feet. If she really accepted him the way he was, she would have just moved on. Can you imagine if a boy yelled at a girl for how her legs looked? Maybe they were Maybe they were a little hairy. Maybe... She'd go into a rage, too. She hadn't cut her toenails recently. I mean, who's to say? Anyway, so she was just overcome with grief, could not handle herself. She had lost the love of her life, and she was embarrassed in front of her family because he put on quite a scene. I mean, that much I understand. I'm embarrassed for her, to be honest. Like, Imagine someone meeting Blaze, <laughs> and then two weeks in, he fucking breaks their friend's roof. We're, like, playing fucking Game of Life, and he just, like, <laughs> flies through the ceiling. So... Her parents didn't handle it well. Oh, really? They blamed her. Oh, poor thing. And so they locked her in the tapestry room. First of all, what's a tapestry room? Tell Second me, of all, they tell locked me about that. They locked her in it for the rest of her life. What? She Wait. died in that room in 1775. Well, no wonder she was fucking sad. They no, locked her in a fucking because room. she was sad. They couldn't handle her. Like, they were like, you're too fucking much. Like, you're being way extra about this. Meanwhile, the devil was kind of fucking extra about this. He's the one who fucking burned a hole in the roof, and she has to be locked in a fucking tapestry? Well, here's the other reason why they might have locked her away. Did she bear Lucifer's son? She just might have. <gasps> so, she was pregnant a couple weeks later. Ah, oh, fuck. And her parents were very afraid that this just might be satan's baby oh my god so apparently when she gave birth to the baby they then murdered the baby in front of her what buried its remains in the walls of the tapestry room then locked her in the tapestry room until she died and got a catholic priest to perform an exorcism on the whole house why are they still even allowed to be there? Was this Why friend's house? were the Loftists family okay with keeping her Thank and the you. dead baby remains in their walls? They're like, sure, you can break another hole in our... Imagine if, like, I came back to the house. You and Blaze had a child at this point. At your house? Yes. Yeah. In my house while I was gone, your child had sex with the devil and then got pregnant and then you murdered your grandchild (laughs) and then buried it in my walls and then left your daughter in my house until she died and was like, you cool with this? (laughs) I don't think they even asked. They were just like, listen, can you They're like, look, it's a three-story mansion. Hopefully they'll just never go in the tapestry room because otherwise we have a lot to talk about. Like, pull that tapestry aside. We have a dead fucking body to put inside it. So. That's horrifying. Wait, so, okay, I'm sorry. So they waited till she died. So she, 
must have they must have like outlived her right because then they got a priest and stuff so how do you oh, know no, they got a priest as soon as they killed the baby and put it in the walls <laughs> oh so she and just... so then they brought the priest and while she was alive oh then they exercised and then they it. just and they exercised the whole house and then she just kept being locked in there until she died and the priest his uh he died in 1773 and his gravestone actually says here lies the body of thomas broaders who did good and prayed for all and banished the devil from Loftus Hall. I'm sorry. Oh, it rhymes. That's the fun part. What a fun little limerick. Um, also, Anne's grave is located in a local cemetery. However, the difference between her grave and everyone else's is that hers is completely cemented over. <gasps> what a bunch of psychos. Because they wanted to make sure that the devil could not escape her body and possess anyone. This is really psychotic. Oh, yeah. So even whether this was like, I just, I don't even know. I, this is just beyond. So the remains of the child were located in the 1870s, so 100 years later, <gasps> when the Loftus Hall was being renovated. Wait, so they found the remains of the child? Yeah, so this child does exist, but also this could have just been like, who knows? Who who knows? Just Chances a, are it wasn't the devil's baby. Well, sure, but like they somehow somebody buried a baby in the walls. No matter what happened... There was a baby in the walls. That's so fucked up. This discovery somehow probably is the trigger of the rest of the paranormal activity because they disturbed the body. I see. Ever since then, they also think like because maybe it was a hundred years later after it had been exercised, maybe like the, the demons came back. Like there's a whole bunch of different legends about why it's haunted now. I see. But I mean, there was hundreds of fam like there was a family line of hundreds of years that died there. There was a war there. There was this girl who died in the tapestry room. Her baby was, you know, its remains were in the walls. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for this place to not have the best juju. Right. So, here's the ghost stuff. Let's just, you've heard enough. <laughs> so, there's a lady that walks around the house. Who's a ghost, by the way? She's not alive. <laughs> okay. There's a lady that just moses uh, the tapestry room. Oh. And walks up and down the grand staircase, which leads to the tapestry room. Um, they think that's Anne. Right. There have also been disembodied children's voices. There have been phantom cries. There have been the sound of horses stopping at the front of the house, but then you look out and there's no horses. Oh, boy. Sudden temperature drops, feelings of someone staring at you straight in the face. Well, I don't like that one bit. Flickering lights. Um, people have seen someone standing behind them, um, and then they turn around and no one's there. People have been pinched and punched and they have heard a lot of growls oh and there have been hundreds of reports of orbs and manifestations at least since the skeletal remains have been found this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So like I said, in 1983, it also turned into a hotel. Um, where the owner, Michael, died in the hotel. Um, also, it was a convent for a while and um, a religious school for girls. And apparently that was the closest chapel in town. So a lot of people in town would go to that school's chapel every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And apparently a lot of people felt like even though it was a chapel, it was incredibly, incredibly haunted and they could feel evil in the chapel. And legend has it they could feel the devil still there because this is supposedly the only chapel the devil ever lived in before it became a church. Okay, that just gave me chills, and that's probably because I'm a Catholic, but ooh, that creeps me out. But so, like, before it was ever a church, the devil was there, essentially, so. Oh, my God. In 2011, it was purchased by the Quigley family from Carrig on Bannow. Well, it can't be haunted after they bought it. Can you imagine if that was how people were referred to in America? Like, <laughs> I know. Christine of Ohio. <laughs> That's so lame. <laughs> M of Spotsylvania. The Schultz family of Spotsylvania. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. It's Spotsylvania. It sounds like Transylvania. It does. That's probably why it sounds cool. Um, even today, there's allegedly one section of the ceiling that looks different from the rest. And it has been featured on... The Irish TV show Ghost Hunters and the American TV show Ghost Adventures. It has been the subject of a documentary called The Legend of Loftus Hall. And it is currently, not currently, it has recently been the shooting location for a film called The Lodgers, starring Eugene Simon from Game of Thrones. Ooh. Um, Per usual, it is now open to the public and they do guided tours where you can hear all about the spooky legends. And in 2014, there was actually a viral photo of a guy in his 20s. His name was Thomas Beavis, as in Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yep. Stole the words right out of my mouth. He took a picture while he was there and swears that he saw a woman in the window, and it went viral because a lot of people can't tell if it's legitimate or not. Whoa. But they think it's probably Anne because apparently she's wearing different clothes and Have all that. Have you seen the photo? Yeah. I. It almost, like, it's too real... It's so real, it looks fake. So, like, if it were real, it's very real. But if it were fake, but it looks like it... Like, if it were fake, you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, obviously that's fake. But if it were real, it's very fucking real. Like, it looks like just another person standing there. Is this it? Yeah. 
Holy mackerel. That's like straight up a woman. Yeah. Okay. Guys, look up Thomas Beavis Loftus Hall. And it's the Google image and it's like the first one. But it like it literally looks like it's just someone behind a screen or someone behind a window like that hasn't gone outside yet. But she has that creepy dress on with like the poofy butt. But it's absolutely a woman. Like there's no denying that. Ugh, spooky. Oh my god, the photos get me every time. So, paranormal investigations are also held there with guests, and there is one group called the Irish Ghost Hunters who have been there for eight years now, and one of their oldest members, Tina, has said that it's the most haunted place she's been to, and a quote of hers is, Our first loftus lockdown had many paranormal experiences. We were being pushed and pulled. Others were overwhelmed with feelings of nausea. There were growls, children's voices, and numerous unexplained shadows. It was an amazing night. I have a very different definition of what an amazing night is. Yeah, no. Like, mm, watching friends without, like, pants on and (laughs) eating my white ice cream sounds like an amazing night. Amen. There's some wine, there's no spinal taps, and there's a lot of friends. Oh, right. And also no devil. And no devil. Having sex with my daughter. None of that. No ghosts. No holes in the ceiling, please. She also says, each time we return, activity peaks a bit more as if the house knows us now. (gasps) That, I will argue, because as someone who used to do paranormal lockdowns, the houses would actually get less and less interesting because they got used to us. They got bored of us. Oh, they were like, yeah, we've given you what you need. Yeah. And well, I mean, also maybe they're doing different things each time that they go. Like maybe they're asking different questions. But when I first started doing um, my lockdowns, they started as paranormal tours. And so we would bring the equipment in, ask questions and like have EMF sessions where we tried to, you know, get yes or no answers on the machines And because it was always a guided tour, we always asked the same questions. And so the ghost just got bored of like, yes, I'm a girl. Yes, I'm fucking 12. (laughs) Like they like clearly got bored. And then even during a tour one time, I said like, it's probably better if you guys ask your own original questions because they have kind of made it clear that they're very bored of us asking the same questions over and over again. And when we said that, all the meters in the whole room went off. What? As if like, yeah, we're fucking bored. Like, we're not even gonna haunt you. Like, we're so done with you. (laughs) You're too boring to haunt. So the last couple tours we did before we were just doing lockdowns, we had to tell them, like, we had to tell our guests, like, we really need you guys to talk. They, like, truly, if I spent the night here by myself, they wouldn't even bother me because they're so bored with me really yeah that's so interesting meanwhile i've lived in the same childhood house for 20 something years and those ghosts love to scare the shit out of me so (laughs) you know take your pick i guess anyway this house recently had um through its renovations and over time it's older than this but the current renovation of it recently had its 666th birthday oh snap the last thing i have to tell you is um There was one skeptic who decided to go on a tour with these guys, with the ghost hunters, and gave an account of his experience, and he was like, I don't believe in ghosts, this is all bullshit, and then he ended up going room by room and talking about all the shit that happened. And so there's five parts of this. In the main house, a medium came with them, and she, as soon as she walked into the house, she started crying and screaming and was convinced she could see a dark figure hovering over everyone and coming towards her, and then her skin began to crawl. Oh. And you could apparently see the goosebumps on her arm move in waves, as if something ice cold was going up and down her arm. Oh, no, no. 
Um, the room became colder, considerably colder. And even though it was already pitch black, it somehow became even darker in the room. And they also started to be able to see dark images and humanoid shapes. But eventually the room brightened and the temperature rose and then nobody could feel anything. They were just in a house and didn't feel like there was anything spiritual going on. In the morning room, can you be- can you fucking imagine? How many fucking... There's a tapestry room. There's a morning room. Is there a night room? Is there an afternoon room? Is there a dusk room? There's probably a dusk room. The a- after hours room. The daybreak room. So in the morning room, uh, they all spread out and start asking questions, very much yes or no's, to try and get some sort of response. And one person in the room... Um, started asking more demanding questions, like trying to like provoke the ghosts. And then, um, you started to see a shadowy figure show up right next to him, but he couldn't see it. Like the guy that was demanding these questions couldn't see this dark shadow, but everyone else in the room could clearly see this thing. And when he would ask the questions, yes or no, the ghost, they all saw the ghost knocking on like the window shutter behind him to give yes or no responses But he couldn't see. Like, the guy was even looking around being like, what are you guys talking about? I don't see anything. They were like, Frank? Yeah. But other people <laughs> were watching this happen. Oh, no. Um, there was a disembodied voice that kept coming through. And then there was a voice while they were all upstairs that from downstairs screamed, attention. Oh. So oh. clear what it wanted. Chill out. In the upper rooms, um, you could hear singing. And there was a distinctive tug on someone's hair. Um, on the guy that wrote this. It was on his hair. And as soon as he felt the tug, a young woman on the other side of the bench started sobbing uncontrollably. And he was like, what's wrong? And she said that she felt someone tug on her neck at the exact same time. Oh, my. They began uh, asking questions like, do you want the door closed? Are you trying to scare us? Are you enjoying this? And they could hear deliberate taps coming from behind them every time that one of them asked. So like, if you asked, you would hear it behind you. If I asked you would hear it behind me. Oh no. And it was like very intellectually responsive of yeah. like, it was happening right after we would say a sentence. So it's not like, Oh, it's just the pipes. It was like only if one of us spoke, only that person would right. get the sound behind them. Um, so the sound was moving everywhere too. Um, the temperature was dropping and then there was a release of cold air as if a door had opened, but all the doors were locked shut. Mm-mm. In the tapestry room, at one point, um, the guide was convinced that he saw one of the people standing by the fireplace, but then turned around and the guy was standing behind him. So he just saw another person, like, shape-shifted that looked like him on the opposite side of the room that the person Uh. actually was. And then this guy was like, I thought that was pretty wild, but then I swore that I could see the guide standing right next to me. And then I looked across the room and he was over there. So they both experienced the same thing. Oh, ew. In the card room, this is the final room. In the How card room, fucking rooms, dude. I know. In the card room, uh, where supposedly Satan played cards. Oh. By the way, at least we know one of his hobbies now. I mean, sex and socks and cards. Sex and socks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in the card room, they all sat down at the table, and I guess to like kind of make it look like it did back in the day, there were cards kind of strewn about on the table. Everyone was sitting around, and all of them started feeling a burning sensation on their legs. Oh. And no one said anything until one person spoke up and everyone was like, I'm so glad you said something because I could feel it too. What the hell? Then the guide grabbed all of the, um, all of the cards and stacked them together to make sure that they like, like they weren't falling. Like you would misplace a sound, but it was a card actually moving. Like he stacked them all up so no one could mistake them for any sounds or anything that they saw. So he's holding them super tight in his hand and 
uh, people start feeling really uneasy. They start feeling really nauseous hair on the back of their neck stands up. And then one of them literally got pulled out of their chair. Oh my. Like as if like, this is my chair kind of thing. Oh no. So he just ended up standing for the rest of the time. What a good sport. And, uh, all of a sudden they started asking those like provoking questions again to try to piss someone off, like just to try to get some sort of response. And then all of a sudden you hear this huge slam on the table and the guy who was holding all of the cards, he was just holding them and someone forced a card out of his hand. Like, and they all saw a card like in midair by itself slammed down on the table. Oh no. As if someone pulled a card out of his hand and slammed it down and they all heard the bang. And, uh, what was the card? The devil. <laughs> a card had forcibly pulled, had been pulled from his hand and dropped onto the playing surface where we all heard the bang. We all watched it float midair as it slammed onto the table. We turned and looked back at the table to see a solitary card with the face of the devil staring oh, back wait, at us. Oh, wait, I thought you were kidding. Nope. What do you mean a card with the devil? It's like a tarot card. Oh, I thought it was like a playing card. They had several different cards just for like the effect of putting cards on a table. Oh. And my- out of all the cards... The devil one was the one that got pulled and slammed onto the table. Uh, I thought you were kidding. You know, you're very good at guessing things today between that and the tie-dye shirt. and That was actually pretty weird that I was like... That was a weird thing you did. I thought about, what does 13-year-old M have? <laughs> the same things that 25-year-old M has. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> same thing. Oh, my God. That's a loftus haul. That is bananas. What's yours called? Mine is called The Jameson Family Disappearances. Mm. So this was sent um, in an email by Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. So not to be confused with classic Kevin, I don't think. I feel like he would have submitted it as CK. Right. I, it's from a, a document that you created that just said from Kevin. So I just... I would have I would have put CK. Okay. So it's from Kevin, who I'm sure is also classic in his own way Mm -hmm. they all are they all are um so kevin sent an email with the suggestion it's the jameson family disappearances okay let's crack into it let's crack into it it's pretty wild if i do say so myself well what isn't wild these days between the spinal taps and satan we like to keep you guys on your toes okay so let's begin so the Jameson family lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma. Uh, the family consisted of Bobby Dale Jameson, who was 44, his wife Sherry Lynn Leanne Jameson, 40, and their daughter Madison Stormy Star Jameson, hmm. 6. I was about to say, like, oh, those are very Southern names of, like, Bobby Dale and Sherry Lynn or whatever their names were. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Stormy Star, and I'm like, Ah, they became hippies at some point. <laughs> Madison, but Madison is spelled like M-A-D-Y-S-O-N. So also very like okay. American Southern, I think. Mm-hmm. Madison Stormy Star Jameson. So, okay. Uh, the family was in the market for land and they had been looking at a 40 acre plot near Red Oak, Oklahoma, which was 30 miles away from their home. So they wanted to move to like a more wooded remote area and they were hoping that they could kind of get away from civilization and live like a more quote peaceful life okay so they were on the hunt for for some land um and everything seemed to be going smoothly and on october 8 2009 the family loaded up their truck and set off to finalize the purchase 
Fuck. Okay, so 2009. That's a very different time than I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I didn't really clarify. I was like still back in the 1700s. And I was like, oh, wow. So 30 miles is quite a trek. They got to get their whole fucking horse ready. <laughs> and now it's 2009. Miles. And I'm like, oh, smart car. Madison Star has to get her whole. <laughs> That's true. I don't know a, a single person in the 1700s named Stormy Star. Sherry Lynn Leanne and okay, Madison Star. Um, so they loaded up their truck, set off to finalize their purchase. Um, and they were never seen alive again. Oh, shit. Yeah. Things went oh, south no. really quickly. Um, so for eight days, no one heard anything from the family. And obviously, friends and family began to worry. Hundreds of volunteers, dozens of law enforcement officers scoured the area for any sign of them. And a few days later, the Jameson's truck was discovered abandoned in Latimer County, Oklahoma. The Jamesons were not there, but their dog, Maisie, was still in the truck. Oh. Malnourished after eight days without food or water. Oh, baby, baby. Poor baby. She survived. Maisie survived. Good girl. And went to live with Bobby's mother. So she lived out her life as a good doggo. Oh, it's such a baby, baby. Um, police also discovered in the car the Jamesons' IDs, wallets, cell phones, their GPS system, and about $32,000 in cash. Hmm. Was that something they were supposed to have on them? Nobody really knows why they had that on them. Um, they were known for carrying large amounts of cash on them, apparently. They sound a lot like government preppers. I mean, I could... From what? Not from what? Well, that that they... Well, also keep in mind, like, I'm from Virginia where That's I know fair. a lot of government preppers. A lot of people want to move to a remote area where they're off the grid and nothing can touch them. Fair. And they don't really know anybody. They can just live off the land. And a lot of people, including my father, um, don't own credit cards or like anything that could put their info. Right. I'm not saying my dad's a government prepper. I'm just saying he is afraid of Facebook and credit cards. So, but he's like. <laughs> and now he's the star of a podcast. And now he's afraid of podcasts. <laughs> but like he like very, and not just him, but a few other people I know, like they refuse to have credit cards. It's very much like I live off of cash. If I don't have the cash and I don't right. have money, I just don't want any paper trail. It sounds very shady, but it's very much like I just don't trust Big Brother. But again, they had cell phones, they had GPS. Like it wasn't like they were living oh. off the grid, you know? So um, I see. That does make it more shady. It's just an interesting, nobody really knows. Um, there was also a photo taken on their one of their phones, uh, on the dad's phone, of the daughter, Madison, and it was left in the, so the phone was left in the truck, and when police went through the phone, they found a photo of Madison, and they tracked the GPS of the photo to, like, this, the top of this hill that was nearby, and police went up there, and they found the footprints of the family, and they like we're able to locate where the exact photo was taken of the girl oh, wow. on this rock. And so they were like, they must've gone up there, taken the photo and gone back to the truck. But, um, beyond that, they didn't know why the photo was on there. They didn't know like why right. they had stopped. Um, so police grew even more concerned when family members told them that a gun belonging to Sherry Lynn was missing. It wasn't <laughs> in the truck and it wasn't in their house. Oh no. Um, the County Sheriff immediately launched a massive search for the family that included drones, tracker dogs, hundreds of police and volunteers, some even on horseback. Uh, they had mules going through the land. Like, they looked everywhere. They spent eight months uh, searching, and it was one of the most extensive manhunts in Oklahoma's history, and it turned up absolutely nothing. Jesus. Yeah, they followed, like, tons of leads. They looked everywhere. Nothing. 
Um, they did find some strange clues. So back at the family's house, they found uh, a witch's Bible. Hmm. Do you know what that is? A witch's Bible? I had to Google it. I don't know. It's like a specific book. It has like, um, I mean, it's what you would think it is, basically. Like a spell book? Sort of. And it has like a bunch of like um, guidelines for witchcraft and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, as well as strange inscriptions scrawled on the inside of a storage container they owned. Um, and it wasn't until four years later that the family was found. <gasps> In November of 2013, deer hunters came across the skeletal remains of two adults and a child lying side by side, face down in the dirt in a rugged area approximately three miles from where the abandoned truck had been found. Oh, shit. It's like they just got pulled straight out of the car. It was three. It was only three miles away. Uh, the remains were positively identified as the Jameson family, but they were so badly decomposed that a cause of death couldn't be ascertained. Really? Wow. So here are the theories as to what happened. This is where it gets interesting. Okay. Um, so things are already very strange, considering... The gigantic manhunt with hundreds of people over eight months didn't find the bodies that were found three miles away from the car. Right. So that was already where people were like, wait, how is that possible? Uh-huh. Basically, the, the most basic theories were that they got lost in the wilderness or died of hypothermia somehow only three miles from their car. Um, and one of the, but beyond those, one of the biggest theories was that uh, they'd been part of a drug deal gone bad. So the mm, cash. Right. Um, so that was obviously supported by the cash and the fact that neighbors said that Bobby and Cherry Lynn had been acting really strange recently and had looked very gaunt and emaciated. Mm. Um, so some people speculated they might have been on crystal meth, which just so happened to be flourishing in the area uh, where they had disappeared. Mm. There were meth labs all over the place, that kind of thing. And also, there was video footage taken of the couple on the security camera they had outside their house from the day they left. And it shows them in this sort of trance-like daze as they're packing up their car. Um, And they're just making dozens and dozens of trips to and from the house packing up the car. But they don't speak to each other. They're, like, completely zombie-like. And they're just still... Like, it's very creepy. They're just kind of, like... Like, no interacting. It's just get the job done. Right. No interacting. Just, like, very back and forth, back and forth. So people have said it looks like they might be, you know, strung out on something. Um, However, when they searched the truck, they searched the house. um, They searched families' houses and talked to friends and family. Found nothing to indicate they were on any sort of drug. Uh, their friends and family insisted they had been clean. They said they, you know, they knew them very well. There was no way they were on any drugs. Um, some people think maybe they might not have been on drugs themselves, but maybe they had stumbled upon a meth lab or something mm-hmm. and had gotten in trouble that way. Okay, like they saw something they shouldn't have. Exactly. So that was another theory. And then um, a different theory was that Bobby Jameson, the dad's father, um, might have been involved. So Bobby had been, the dad had been involved in this vicious feud with his own dad, who the family had sued over property they were owed after working the family business. So apparently they were owed like 50% of the profits of a family business and Mm. their dad didn't pay them. So they sued the dad and then the dad threatened to kill Bobby and his family multiple times. So they got a protective order against him and installed that security camera I mentioned. So, oh, okay. Then apparently there was there were rumors that Bob had ties with the Mexican mafia, oh. so it, it was just like maybe he had something to do with it. But the police never investigated him 
very intensively. They never really looked into him, so nobody really considered him a serious suspect. Right. Well, then that also, instead of the government prepper thought, that does make sense, though, if they were somehow involved in a drug deal. Right. Like the fat, or maybe they were like trying to get out of like, quote, the life or right, something. Because right. they're like, we want to go somewhere where no one knows where we are. Right. Like, secluded. and let's just bring all cash on us and there's no paper trail. Yeah. Like, bring our kid and our cash. Right. That makes sense. So that makes some sense. Um, the dad himself had an alibi. He was sick and hospitalized at the time. So people wondered maybe he put a hit out on them. But again, like, the police never. Right, that right, is right. a serious lead, so nobody really is sure that that's the answer. So some people have suggested that maybe the deaths were a murder-suicide within the family. Mm. So that maybe um, one of the parents had killed the others and then killed themselves. Oh, yeah, because the gun was missing. But if the gun was missing... Well, I mean, it, I, I would imagine like a guy, like, it just fell over and rotted with the bodies. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But also, like, my thought, though, is that all three of them are perfectly laying side by side on on the ground face down. Like, it sounds like someone put their bodies there. Well, I don't know if it was perfectly laying side by side. I think they were just... Oh, kind of scattered. Oh, it looked... In my mind, it looked very, like... Like there was, like, a a system to it. Um, They were lying face down in a dirt... In the dirt, in a rugged area, side by side. So I guess it does seem kind of like... It just sounded like someone put them all there. Yeah, it does seem a little sketchy. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so as far as the murder-suicide goes, uh, both Bobby and Sherry Lynn had suffered from severe depression. Uh, the Sherry Lynn's sister, Mar- younger sister Martha, had died very recently um, in a freak accident where a bee had stung her on the tongue and her throat had oh, swollen up immediately and she had died on, like very quickly. So it was like a freak accident, um, a tragic death in the family, and she had taken it very, very hard. So she had, her family said like the reason she was so thin and hadn't been doing well is that she was like in a severe depression from that, had already been battling severe depression and then like wasn't eating enough and wasn't mm-hmm. taking care of herself after her little sister died. So that was another thing. And then the um, husband, Bobby, had been in a tra- uh, really bad traffic accident that had like hurt his whole body. So that was another thing where they were like, her little sister died. Then he was in this like horrific traffic accident that left him in pain constantly. So they were already just in bad shape. Right. So maybe there was a depression angle. And going off that, investigators also found an 11-page letter that was apparently very hateful, written by Sherry Lynn, directed at her husband. Ooh. And it was found in the car. Weirdly enough. Oh, like she hadn't given it to him yet, maybe? I don't know. Or maybe he read it and then killed everyone. Either way. I don't know. I was just found in the car, as far as I know. And then the gun, as I mentioned, was missing. Uh, A coroner had also claimed to have found a small hole in the back of Bobby's skull, suggesting he may have been shot, but that could have been caused by a bullet or something else, because the bodies were so decomposed they weren't sure if it Mm -hmm. was a bullet or not. And the other bodies had no holes or anything, so... You know, the idea that all three of them were shot is kind of a stretch. Mm-hmm. The family of the victims say like the, say that the Jamesons were a loving family. They were devoted to each other, and none of them would have ever done anything like that. They would have known if there was, you know, some freak thing waiting to happen. Um, and then another theory, this, they just get weirder and weirder. So another theory is white supremacists. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> let's just go. Sure. Let's just take that angle all the way. Left turn. Uh, you mean right 
right turn <laughs> far far the maybe an alt right turn alt right <laughs> turn <clears throat> um white supremacists more another theory um so this guy had recently rented a room from the jamesons and apparently while he was staying with them he repeatedly used racial slurs and talked about white supremacy before sherry lynn ordered him off their property at gunpoint and apparently it was just a big mess and she demanded he get off the property. It was just a big brawl. Um, and then some say that a pill bottle was found in the truck with his name on it when they discovered the family's mm. truck. So people wonder if he or some of his friends had returned to take revenge. But at the same time, it's not totally clear from the articles I read whether it was actual evidence that the pill bottle right. was found or whether it's kind of just a rumor. I'm not really positive. I couldn't really find that. But another thing was, you know, I told you there was a picture of Madison mm -hmm. on one of the phones. So the photo of her is actually online. You can look at it. And she's kind of like looking one direction with her arms crossed. And people, her own grandmother has said like she would never have looked like that if they were taking a photo of her. Like she loved getting her photo taken. It looks like someone else was there making her uncomfortable. Mm. So who knows if that's true or not. Um, but it was one kind of weird element to the whole creepy thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so here is where we go into M territory <laughs> with this story. So the Jameson family pastor, Gary Brandon, came forward with some odd statements about the Jameson family. He claimed that um, in the days leading up to the disappearance, the family had told him they believed their house was haunted and that they were involved in what he referred to as, quote, spiritual warfare. Mm. Apparently, the family had claimed that they had made contact with the spirits of a dead family in their house. Oh, no. And that their daughter, Madison, had been regularly talking with the ghost family's child. Ugh. Gross. Was its name Captain Howdy? <laughs> what is that from? The Exorcist. Oh, I don't watch that. Oh, my gosh. I don't watch that program. <laughs> <laughs> that network is something I don't know of. <laughs> No, the ghost that that possessed the girl, his name was Captain Howdy. I don't like that one bit. That's why the font of our logo is called Captain Howdy. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. I thought it was just because it looks like a cowboy font. No. I really did. It's like a nautical cowboy. I thought it was. No, that's the name of the demon that possessed the girl in The Exorcist. Ah, oh, shit. That's really <laughs> cool. I thought it was because it's a nautical. 50 episodes in, folks. I mean, it takes me a while. Patio furniture took me... 25 if i remember correctly mind-blowing <laughs> you really do things at your own pace christine you know what i like to just keep things slow and steady <laughs> <laughs> just my brain can't handle it all at once so she'd been talking with the ghost family's child two of the ghosts were allegedly called emily and michael and one of them was reported to have wings like an angel i hope hmm. that's michael angel i don't know well isn't michael the archangel of protection yeah right but apparently not because this is apparently spiritual warfare so i don't know what's going weird on. um like an angel. apparently bobby jameson had become so upset by the hauntings that he had requested special bullets with which to shoot the intruding entities and sherry lynn had begun to investigate whether the house was built on an old indian burial ground the pastor also said the family sought out a satanic Bible in order to rid the house of the presences, which is interesting considering the finding of the witch's Bible. The witch's Bible. Bible, yeah. Right. So it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. But people were like, he sounds crazy, but also there were some weird things they did find at the house. Yeah. So who knows? 
They're like, we didn't find anything. Oh, but we did find a couple things. <laughs> we just found a couple, like, witches' Bibles. Hmm? <laughs> it's fine. Um, so remember how I said there were words found written on the side of yeah. your storage unit? Yeah. So the storage unit said, it was written in, like, graffiti. It said, three cats killed to date by people in this area, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Witches don't like their black cats killed. Ew. And it's like misspelled horribly, but that's what it said on the side of their storage unit that they owned. So police never figured out who wrote the messages, but in addition to all this weirdness, a friend of Sherilyn's was reportedly a witch, and apparently several of the family's cats had been poisoned by neighbors. Oh, no. Um, so apparently belief in spirits and witches was like a just running rampant in the Jameson household. Sherilyn's best friend, Nikki, 41, would go on to claim, quote, Sherry Lynn was interested in witches. We both were. Years before, we bought matching witches' Bibles. We put them on our coffee tables as a bit of a joke. That's what the police found. But in all seriousness, that house was haunted. I don't want to sound crazy, but whenever I went there, I felt a horrible presence. I would leave feeling so down and depressed, it's hard to describe. Once I was in the living room, and this sort of gray mist descended down the stairs. What? It really scared me. That's she- some evil shit. Really, really creepy. She told me on a couple of occasions, Bobby, who was such a gentle man, would suddenly come at her and his eyes would be completely dead and black like he was possessed. Ugh. Sherry Lynn would leave notes around the house saying, get out Satan and stuff like that. It was her way of dealing with things. <laughs> Everyone's got away. <laughs> you know what? Jeez. Some people burst through the ceiling in a ball of fire. Some people just write the note. <laughs> get out Satan. <laughs> So on top of that, Sherry Lynn's own mother said that she believed her daughter had ended up on the hit list of a local religious cult. Oh, no. Uh, She didn't name the cult, but she said there were several major cults operating in the mountains there, which seems really bizarre. But in the 1990s, there were several articles written about local cults, and a U.S. marshal actually said that there were some extreme cults operating in eastern Oklahoma at the time. Hmm. So it is a possibility. And then, if you consider the security camera footage in that light, some people claim the strange behavior could have been due to some sort of, like, cult possession or even demonic possession, which obviously is kind of an extreme, but um, people think maybe that might be might lend some explanation to why they were so zombie-like. Um, but things get even weirder, believe it or not. What? Sherilyn's best friend, Nikki, who I mentioned earlier... Claimed she was contacted by an anonymous woman who claimed that Sherry Lynn had been involved with a cult called the United White Knights who had vowed to kill her and her family. Oh, shit. So there was apparently an abandoned wreck of a car, which was found near the Jameson's car, um, which had been used for a long time for shooting practice, but also had satanic messages scrawled all over it. And Sherry Lynn had allegedly written messages such as God loves you and peace on it um, on top of the satanic messages. Ew. But it's unclear how people have determined that she had written them or if they know that she had written them or not. And then Nikki said that after she got that phone call from the United White Knights, she said, quote, I went up to those mountains about a year later And near where the bodies were found, there was a line of cars parked with Texas license plates. When we got near the actual spot, there were a couple of gunshots. They sounded like warning shots to me. I don't scare easily, but that place really freaks me out. There's something not right about it. So she thinks that there's some sort of 
creepy satanic ritual going on near where their bodies were found. Gross. Then there's this other weird link, which I found a lot of this information from one of my favorite websites, mysteriousuniverse.org, which I just love. Um, But so this is an interesting theory or just a link. Um, Have you ever heard of the 35th degree latitude? Mm -mm. So it's a strange synchronicity. It's like a phenomenon. Um, The line of tragedy, it's sometimes called. And it's on the 35th degree latitude. um, And a whole string of brutal murders have occurred along that line, Mm -hmm. uh, including the case of Andrea Pia Kennedy Yates, a Houston woman who was suffering from postpartum depression and psychosis, who in 2001 murdered all five of her children in the bathtub. Oh, my. Um, another famous murder was the murder of Pastor Carol Daniels, whose mutilated corpse was found propped up behind the church altar in a crucifix position. How is this not one of your episodes on its own? <laughs> um, which is a murder that was widely believed to be tied to satanic activity. And then the 35th degree latitude was also where Tim- Timothy McVeigh carried out the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh. So all these things happened on the specific 35th five degree latitude which is just a little weird um and that killed 168 people and injured nearly 700 others and the jameson's car was found directly on the 35th degree latitude line so just an interesting synchronicity speaking of the oklahoma bombing yeah my great grandma she was in the hospital and when that happened not because of it but she was in the hospital and she was watching the news and then she saw that a bunch of kids were getting hurt because of it. And she said out loud, um, just take me, don't hurt another kid. And then she died. (gasps) What? And when she died, the, the bombing stopped. Jesus. Yep. So your grandma's to thank for that. <laughs> kind of, I guess, in a weird way. That is wild. But that's the story my grandma always tells of how her mom died. So, Holy shit. Yep. Well, apparently that also happened on the same geographical line. And then, in addition to all those deaths, there was another disappearance that was eerily similar to the Jameson family, um, which was the mysterious vanishing of... Tommy Raymond Estep, who, after visiting Eufaula, Oklahoma, which was the town that they lived in, completely vanished. Um, Police found his abandoned truck on a highway crossroads near Wetumpka, Oklahoma, lying on the 35th degree north latitude line. Great. So the trail in the Jameson case is cold. Um, Israel Beauchamp, the sheriff at the time of the disappearance, quit the force in 2011 and moved overseas. According to Nikki, uh, Sherilyn's best friend, he couldn't stand the guilt of not being able to find Madison's killer. The pastor I mentioned, Gary Brandon, also left the area shortly after their disappearance, has not spoken to anyone about the case ever since. And even though the Jameson's remains were found and put to rest, no one knows what happened to the family and uh, their family members still are looking for answers to this day. Jesus. What do you think happened? I don't know. It sounds more and more ritual. It's just I don't know. Weird. I like I like the the sound of the drug thing of it being involved with drugs, but it, too many things like the witch's book, and then like the reference on the storage unit about witches, and then like 
don't know. But if you think about that, and like if I like say one of us were killed, and then they went through our house, and it's like that's the weird shit they would find. You yeah, know? it's like easy to be like, oh, to connect. Okay, well then drugs. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, that's why it's an unsolved case because no one can figure out what the hell. I mean, their bodies weren't found for four years, even though they were three miles from the. You know, like if you think of it, were a simple drug case that they would just be yeah killed well also if it were a simple drug case they would have found the money would have found the money yeah exactly so who knows what the hell like nothing was taken it's it's just super weird and their dog was left in there it's just super creepy but how were they like three miles away from the truck and no one found them it sounds like maybe that makes sense maybe the bodies got dragged away and then put back later like who knows yeah anyway good story it's wild. A wild time. It's a wild ride. Yes. An emotional roller coaster. My head hurts. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> oh, great. Jill's going to come running. It's my nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Happy 50th. If you're listening before 3 p.m., we have a 3 p.m. Facebook Live video. Facebook Live event happening. Please... Come with questions that you want us to answer. Come with booze, milkshakes, and questions. Do whatever you need to do to have a good time with us. Be yourself. But also come with questions because otherwise we just stare at the camera and feel stupid. And talk out loud and no one needs that. That's true too. We give you that enough every week. Thank you guys for tuning in for the 50th time. Holy crap, man. I can't believe it. You guys have wasted so much time. Anyway... If you feel like tuning in elsewhere for us, first of all, why? <laughs> Second of all, thank you. Third of all, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATWWD Podcast. You can also find our personal ones, X Teen Chiefer and VM Schultz on mm-hmm. all social media. We also have a website, and that's why we drink at gmail.com. Please write to us and send in your stories, personal true crime or personal paranormal, and we will be uh, reading them for listeners episodes we do those once a month at the first of every month we have a website and that's why we drink.com we have our store and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com we have our patreon please 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 donate you have no idea how much help it is it doesn't go unnoticed it's atwwd podcast you can find us on audioboom itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, spotify wherever your heart desires although i don't know why i'm telling you because you're already clearly listening to this Yay. Um, and that's all. And that's why we drink. drink. Wait, hold on. Sit it back down. Ah, oh, beautiful. <laughs>